Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day, this opportunity to gather here and worship you. As we seek to worship you, as we look to your word, speak into, your heart, into our hearts and our lives that which you have for us in each moment and in every moment, in this moment. Lord, may my words be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I want to call your attention to the first lesson. We are going to be looking at the first lesson for the sermon today. It's in your insert. It's part of the story of Joseph. If you follow Joseph's story uh, from beginning to end, it is certainly an interesting story. It makes my life look quite dull. And uh, I think it's a story that has uh, much for us. Just to give you a little background, and, and, and Dan did a great job in children's time kind of reviewing some of that. Joseph living in happiness, uh, uh, loved uh, a dreamer. He had many dreams and hopes and visions. He encountered some difficult times. His brothers, stepbrothers, those who were jealous, they were jealous of him. They were going to kill him, but instead settled for selling him into slavery and told his father that he was dead. And in the process of being sold in slavery, as Dan pointed out, the journey didn't go so well for him. But it did kind of end well for him, as we see in part of the story. He ends up being the, in charge of all of Egypt. So from just one of a family, to slave, to prisoner, to leader of Egypt. It struck me as I was wrestling with this, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'll be uh, very transparent with you. I, I had a harder time writing this sermon than most. I had done my research in the morning on Monday, and something very difficult happened in the afternoon, and as I sat down to uh, write this, I, I found myself in that moment that we often do with the Scripture, that the Scripture begins not just to be read by us, but it reads us as well. That the Scripture oftentimes really connects to our real-life story, to those things that are going on in our life. And so, for me, this was a challenging sermon, a challenging text to wrestle with in, in my mind and in my heart. But as we think about Joseph's story, we recognize that it is a God story. There are many miracles to the story. He could have died, he could have stayed in prison, he could have stayed a slave. And it's interesting to me when I think about this, because when we look at the miracle of Joseph's life in the midst of his circumstances, we so oftentimes assume that things like this cannot happen to us. We fail to see the miracles that have and continue to happen in our lives. In the midst of challenging situations, we fail to see God's goodness. But this is a powerful story, and perhaps the greatest power in this story for me as I wrestled with it, both from my mind and as a pastor and as a person seeking to follow Jesus as I live this life on earth, it reminded me of this simple truth. God can do anything. God is capable of anything. Think about what Joseph was going through. God is capable of anything. And we he see in this story some interesting things. Because what happens to Joseph 
is life goes in a direction he didn't expect. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that everyone has had a moment, whether small or large, where life goes in a direction we didn't expect. And things unfold in a way that we don't anticipate. And sometimes along the way it's good and it's beautiful, and sometimes along the way it's challenging and discouraging and ugly. And yet out of it, God does something surprising. God does something amazing. You see, this isn't just Joseph's story. It's the story of the Christian faith. It's the story of so many characters in the scripture. If we're honest with ourselves, if we look at our own lives, it's our story as well. You see, so oftentimes, particularly with our Old Testament, we we feel like we can't relate, we can't connect to what's happening, but the truth is, there is so much here for us. It, it, the, the, the facts of life, being sold into slavery, may not be something that we can relate to, that we can experience in our culture today, in our, in our, in our economic status, in, in, our, in our race, in our place. But we can all relate to things not going as we expected. We can all relate to hard times. Some are going through those very hard times now. Joseph becomes king, becomes pharaoh, becomes leader. And then he encounters his brothers. The brothers who sold him into slavery. And it says here, he spoke to them in private. He made it a private man, a matter. Joseph, good at biblical conflict resolution. And it's interesting what happens in that private moment where they hash out the family challenges, they hash out the family issues. All of us have been through this. And if I were Joseph, there were a lot of things that I would probably have to say in that moment, right? Imagine yourselves in that situation. You are now the most powerful person in the land. And here come these brothers who have done this to you. And it says they were terrified. Rightly so. Normal reaction, appropriate response. They're terrified. And in fact, the the original language here says that they were paralyzed with fear. They couldn't move. I don't know if you've had those moments. I uh, uh, had one of those in in the... in the woods of Colorado when there was a mountain lion in the bushes, paralyzed with fear. You can't move. You're not sure what's going to happen next. I have a massive fear of snakes uh, and a biblical fear, healthy biblical fear of snakes. And uh, I I was working at a camp once and walking down the road and I heard a noise that didn't sound right and I look and there in front of me is a six foot long rattlesnake on the road. Paralyzed with fear. My mouth worked, I promise you. But the rest of my body wasn't working. And And so paralyzed with fear, these brothers were. But it's interesting, Joseph's priority in this moment He doesn't want them to feel guilty about what happens. He doesn't want them to feel bad about what happens in the midst of all he's been through. He doesn't want them to feel bad. He wants to know first and foremost, is my father still alive? We come to verses 4 and 5. I think these are the most interesting things to me. 
when we talk about this, that in the midst of all that has happened, Joseph models something unique here. Don't be distressed or angry for what you've done because God has sent me here. In the midst of all that has happened, it's not about revenge, it's not about justice, it's not even about rubbing it in their faces. Joseph has a perspective that God is doing something, that God has intervened in this situation, that God is active in the world. We call that providence. It's an important concept for us. He cares about their safety, that he doesn't want them to be stressed. Joseph does what many of us, myself included, fail to do. He fails to see the bigger picture. Or they fail to see the bigger picture. Joseph sees the bigger picture. I get that right. Joseph does what I fail to do, what we fail to do. He sees the bigger picture. We oftentimes do that. I think the brothers in this moment are doing it. Joseph sees the bigger picture. And when we're in the midst of challenges, when they're in the midst of frustration, when we're in the midst of the unknown, I talked to a good friend yesterday who was just discerning so many things, and she said to me, I just hate not knowing. Some of us have that personality more than the others. I just hate not knowing. Joseph does what we don't do. He sees the bigger picture. And from Joseph's perspective, it's pretty simple. Verse 7. God sent me ahead of you. So for Joseph, his story is summed up very simply. My brother sold me into slavery, but my God sent me. We can apply that to anything in life. Take any situation, any circumstance, whether your own cause or the cause of someone else or something else. But they add the, the but. But God. You see, because in the midst of all that, God is and will do something. Now, I will confess that that is rarely on my own personal timeline. And so I suspect that I'm not the only one in that. But Joseph sees the bigger picture. My brothers did this to me, but my God sent me. These are important, truthful words. It's not just a strange story. It's a story for us. And that's the beautiful thing. That somewhere in the midst of the challenges of life, in the midst of the odd circumstances, in the midst of things not working out the way that you had planned or had hoped, God is still doing something. God is still active in the world. God intervenes in the world. We might not always believe it. It might not always happen the way we would expect. Joseph takes a very odd journey to be Pharaoh. But nonetheless, God is intervening. 
And most of the time, it's not that it's not happening. It's just that we fail to look for it. We fail to see. We fail to hear. As Dan prayed with the children, as I often pray at the beginning of the sermon, help us to see and to hear. Because God is active. And in this moment, the only thing that Joseph wants to do is provide for his family. Things aren't going so, goodly, so good in Egypt. It's, it's falling apart. And so instead of punishing his brothers or getting revenge or ignoring them, because they didn't know who he was, he wants to provide for his family. He wants to cover and protect them, to use his power for good to these people who have done wrong to him. How oftentimes is that our response? To use our power for good when we have been wronged. I know in my German-Swedish DNA, that is counterintuitive. I know in my human DNA, that is counterintuitive. But Joseph gives us a model here. Not only does he believe that God has done something good in the midst of these circumstances, he now wants to do good himself and provide his family. Provide for his family. You see, Joseph's story is a story of redemption. And the Bible is filled with stories of redemption. It's a fancy religious word that you hear me use a lot. But you, you think of, you know, you redeem a coupon for something, you redeem a voucher for something, you, you get something new. You see, when we say that something is redeemed in Christian language, we say that God takes something and makes it new, makes it greater. God takes this bad situation of Joseph and makes good of it. And God oftentimes takes good situations and makes great of them. The problem is seeing that in the middle of things. The problem is waiting for that to happen sometimes. It's a vision issue. It's a patience issue. That latter is not really in my uh, skill set. But Joseph recognize that God has redeemed his story. He's made good of the bad. But there's more. This awful situation becomes a powerful moment because he brings his family together. You see, this is not just a story of forgiveness, a story of God intervening, a story of God doing good, a story of God's redemption. It's also a story of reconciliation. Then the midst of the ugliest of circumstances in this family, reconciliation happens. It happens. I have seen in my own life and in my ministry so many families experience reconciliation and so many families refuse to try for it. And I don't cast judgment on that. But I know that God's desire and God's hope for us is always reconciliation. That's the heart of God. And Joseph gets it. Joseph gets the heart of God. And so he wants to reconcile with his family. 
in the midst of difficult situations, difficult circumstances, it's not just about surviving or making your way through, but also along the way finding reconciliation, whatever that might look like. Can you imagine, by the way, your family doing this to you, and this is Joseph's model, Joseph's posture? This passage, besides being an incredible story of what God can do, Reminds me of three simple truths about God that in every moment we need to hang on to, but especially in the difficult moments. It reminds me first of God's providence, that God is active in the world and God does intervene in the world. That God has not left us alone in our joy, in our success, in our failure, in our grieving, in our suffering, in our conflict. God has not left us alone. We are not alone. We were at the Willow Creek Leadership Summit Thursday and Friday, several of us. Great event to learn about yourself, to learn about leadership. Something that we're going to make a tradition around here. And Bill Hybels, pastor of Willow Creek Church, was interviewing uh, Tyler Perry, a, a celebrity you know, actor and producer. And, and, and he was sharing his story as a man of faith and, and he... Um, they started talking about his being abused as a child. Horrific, horrific stuff. And so he simply asked, how did you do it? And he said, well, it was my mother, who was also abused. He said, you know, she made sure we made it to church every Sunday. In the midst of all she was going through, she would stand up in that choir and sing and praise God. And he said, I just wanted to know that God, that my mom, in the midst of the circumstances, could still sing. God is active. God is intervening. But God, secondly, also redeems. I can't say this enough. God makes all things new. God turns things around. Not oftentimes in the ways we would expect. It doesn't often take the path, the flight pattern that we would expect. There almost always seem to be annoying and inconvenient detours, whether caused by others or trains or construction. There always seems to be detours along the way. Yet God makes it good. God redeems it. But thirdly, we see in this story an important thing. Reconciliation. That the desire of the heart of the God of the universe is reconciliation. Reconciliation of all brokenness. Reconciliation of broken relationships. Reconciliation of broken situations. And that's hard work. It was interesting in that same interview. They were talking about forgiveness related to the situation that he had faced. And he said something that has struck a chord with me a bit. And I'm... Not sure how I think or feel about it yet, but I'm still processing through it. He said, I, I figured out that it is, as much energy as it took to survive that situation, it took just as much energy to forgive 
that situation, to move through that situation. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of times when we go through difficult things, when we're going through difficult situations, they drain the energy right out of us. They empty us. Trust me on this if you've never felt this. This is true. I know this. It empties us. And so the last thing we feel that we have is the same amount of energy to fix it. Been there, done that. A couple times this week alone. But that's the truth. There's some truth to what was said there. And the beauty of this story is God makes all things new. The beauty of this story is, in the most difficult of circumstances, in the most surprising of situations, God writes a different story. That those dreams that we have that fall apart or take detours, those hopes that we have that fall apart or take detours, whether for ourselves or for one another, it all comes around to a God who intervenes, who redeems, and who reconciles. And so if you are struggling with something in your life right now, whether a small situation or a large situation, whether a little annoying or cripplingly difficult, hear this. God makes all things new. All things new. And that's the beauty of Joseph's story that God makes all things new, and then good happens. You're going to have to trust me on that one. Better yet, trust God on that one. Because that's the truth. Let us pray. God, we thank you for Joseph and for his life. For the godly man he was able to be in the midst of difficult circumstances. For the reminders his story present to us. The power of pain and forgiveness. The truth that you are active in intervening in the world and in our lives. The truth that you desire to make good of all things, to make all things new. The truth that comes and the hope of reconciliation. And God, whatever we might face today and before today and after today, may we have the heart of Joseph in the midst of what happens to us, is done by us, is done to us. May we look for what you're going to do with that, to do with us. And to celebrate those victories, to use them for good, pointing people to your goodness reconciling to one another, reconciling with you and with the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please stand.